What's up? Nothing. <laughs> and that's how we begin. <laughs> hey, everybody. My name is Jared. My name is Allie. And we are Wholehearted Education Speakers. Uh, this is our very first podcast. So we are going to uh, kind of jump right in with uh, the overview for today. Um, we're going to tell you guys a little bit more about what we're about. Uh, we're going to talk about what Wholehearted is, uh, how it got started, and kind of all of the behind the scenes for the last year. And uh, we're also going to let you guys know a little bit more about us. So you're going to get to know Allie a little bit better, know me a little bit better, and uh, share some of the reasons why we do what we do. So we are going to jump right into it. And I'm going to start by asking Allie, what is your social security number? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> Just kidding. That's That would be criminal. So, uh, no, we are going to actually start uh, with a little bit of a background on uh, Wholehearted itself. So, Wholehearted was launched uh, in August of 2020. So, just about a month ago was when we officially launched. The website was uh, ready to go. We put our first video out. But this project has really been uh, over a year and a half in the making. And so I'll kind of start with the uh, year and a half ago. And then Allie comes in and about the midpoint of that when she joined the team. Mm -hmm. And uh, so she'll be able to jump in and kind of add her little bit to it. And we'll go from there. So uh, I personally have been a relationship education speaker for eight years now, um, actually nine years, nine years. So it's been a, it's been a little bit, but I go into schools. I'm invited uh, into the health classes. I've also done uh, big uh, whole school presentations, and I've done youth groups, small groups, uh, all sorts of parent classes. Uh, pretty much anywhere that'll have us in, we go in there. And uh, there were, we've had different people on our team over the years. Uh, and we basically go in and we teach people the keys to building healthy relationships. And the thing that got me started here was the fact that I've seen stuff like this before. I've seen people talk about, oh, you know, don't have sex. Wait until you're married. And I've heard people talk about uh, dating is wrong or dating is fun or, you know, whatever. They go all over the place with it. Uh, but nobody was really giving any reasons why. And I'm, I'm like, I want to do the right thing. I want to make the best choice for myself, for um, my wife now. Uh, but when we were dating, when we were teenagers, like I wanted to make the right choices, but I didn't have anybody that was giving me any good reason why. It was always something like, oh, well, it's the right thing to do. Well, why is it the right thing to do? And so what I loved about uh, what we do and what our team has done for years is that it's very data-driven. It is based off of science. It's based off of statistics. It's showing us very clearly, like, when you make these types of choices, it produces a healthy outcome. When you make these types of choices, and when you make these choices at this stage of development, in this stage of development, we can very clearly see consistent trends and show, like, when you do this, it, you are moving in an unhealthy direction. It doesn't just affect you right now in this one relationship, but it will affect your entire future. And so when I was able to see that, it, I really just grabbed onto the message. And uh, I, I loved going into classes and uh, especially working with high schoolers. Uh, I've primarily been in high schools for the last eight years. Uh, but like I said, colleges, junior highs, all over the place as well. But uh, what I love about the high school students is that it is always a different experience uh, going from one class to the next. And even like within the same school building, uh, there's a couple schools where I'm speaking literally from the first bell to the end bell. And uh, one school, I don't even get a lunch break because it's just this huge school and they have classes every single period. And I love it. And the thing that keeps me going throughout the day is like, man, I know in this next hour, there's that one kid that's had the crazy question yesterday, and then they just go off on these things, but they love the content, 
And they've always appreciated the fact that it, it is real, that it is not just, you know, what your grandma is telling you to do. It's this is why this is uh, a good thing. And so that that's really what kind of pulled me into uh, the team. And I've, like I said, been doing it now for eight years and kind of moved up and I was training the new speakers. And that's that's how I met Allie. Uh, she joined the team uh, well, right towards the end of last year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, January, February, yeah, this year. So it you feels st- like last year. Yeah. Oh man, it it's not been you know a weird year, long year at, not all. at all. No. Uh, so, what was it that initially? Like, how did you even hear about the the speakers? What what was your introduction to our team? It was just through a personal connection. Yeah. Really. Um, and I had done speaking prior, and. Um, I heard someone say, if you can speak to kids, you can speak to anyone, <laughs> which I think is true. Yes, um, yes. And that's why I jumped on, and I remember um, shadowing you the very first class I was in, thinking, this is really good stuff. <laughs> I didn't learn this back when I was in eighth grade. Oh, yeah. Um, and I was kind of hooked. Awesome. It's a great message. Yeah, yeah. I remember, and actually, it was like your first week we had a big snowstorm, didn't we? Yeah, we did. That was... Uh, trying. <laughs> and, we, and we crawled up the hill, oh, forwards man. and backwards with yeah. our feet. And you came, you, you, you were like originally from Nebraska or the area and then you moved away or? I, um, I was born in Omaha and when I was two months old, we moved to Atlanta, Georgia. Moved, so yes. Moved back up here when <laughs> I was 18. Wow. So Georgia to Nebraska, uh, the stuff that y'all call snow, y'all up here. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it good or bad? You I know it was good for about the first ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I remember. See, I I grew up in Nebraska, and I've experienced like you know Nebraska winters, which I remember telling you I was like, I have no idea what this week's gonna bring. It says that it's gonna snow. It could be a blizzard. It could be like. Nothing, you know, that's Nebraska. Uh, But I I remember I went up to uh, New York to visit my wife's uh, grandma and her uncles and stuff. And we were driving through Buffalo in the middle of a blizzard. And it was it was substantial. They get something up there. uh, They call it like lake effect snow. And it is massive. Uh, Like within a few hours, you had five-foot drifts on the nice. side of the interstate, and you snow plows were, like, off in a ditch. They'd gotten run off the road. I was like, oh, my goodness. So, yeah, we're the snow. Lucky over <laughs> I will take Nebraska weather. So uh, so back to the message and kind of what, what we've spoken about. Uh, primarily, we kind of tier it differently. So we have a sixth-grade presentation. We have seventh and eighth grade. We have ninth grade. Uh, I do a senior send-off also, so I come back and speak to seniors. And then we also do parenting classes as well. And so we have all of these different levels uh, that we are able to reach the kids at. And obviously, it's going to be different. Uh, the sixth-grade presentation is not at all like the no. <laughs> the high school presentation. And that's a very good thing. So, uh, so Allie, you've actually had more contact with the young kids, yeah. uh, the sixth grade and the seventh, eighth graders. Uh, so how's that been just this first year? It's good. They want to learn. And we talk about the power of words and building healthy friendships because that's the foundation that allows you to reach them when they get to high school. Yeah. So they can start building that healthy foundation of good relationships when they're in sixth and seventh grade, and then they're ready to hear yeah, and I think, I think, <laughs> yeah, it gets real heavy real quick. Uh, I think probably for me, the sixth grade presentation, the strongest point that we have there uh, is the the power of no. And we talk mm-hmm. a little bit about, uh, you know, s- cell phones and all that kind of stuff. Uh, we talk about stranger danger and, you know, all those great things. But But the power of no and you setting your own boundaries and... I think that's probably a really important aspect uh, for them to learn early. Yeah. Uh, I I was just in a conversation with uh, somebody who is an adult. Uh, she's a young adult, but she's an adult, and uh, just 
you know, reevaluating like personal boundaries and like expectations in the relationship and nothing like bad, nothing crazy, but just like, you know, it's okay if you aren't liking the way that things are going, you can say how you feel, you Mm -hmm. can share because that's important and that's how the relationship grows. And so many people, uh, because of this social media environment, because of all of these different things, my Son is off screen here, so uh, we'll see if he joins us. But, <laughs> but uh, all of these things that are kind of producing people that are searching for likes, yeah, right, and searching for popularity and uh, just to get noticed and get attention. And so, to be the person that you know sets boundaries is not not popular. And no. it's difficult. When you lose yourself, when you start doing that too. Yeah. And and it's not in the music. No. The moment you want, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, no. Cool. So that that's our uh, sixth grade presentation in a nutshell. I mean, obviously, it, it's a little bit more intensive <laughs> than that. But, uh, but, yeah, we then moved on to seventh and eighth grade. And... The eighth grade is kind of where I typically step in. I've done one sixth grade presentation in the last five years. Um, and so eighth grade is always fun because that's where we introduce the topics of dating and sex. Uh, that's where they're at in their curriculum uh, in the public schools most of the time. And so that's where we kind of pick up. And we talk about the different areas of our life that are affected by sex. We talk about what building a healthy relationship looks like. And then when we get to high school, it's a a continuation of that conversation. And that, that high school message has really been developed and stretched out over the last eight years. Since I've been here, I've had the opportunity to kind of uh, make adjustments and hone in on certain areas that, um, in the beginning, when I was starting, they were kind of like a, a one-line thing, and then we move on. And I started to realize, like, as our demographic was changing, mm-hmm. uh, the kids that were, you know, ninth, tenth grade eight years ago are not the same. Not anymore. <laughs> as the kids that are ninth, tenth grade today. And I started to see this shift, and I remember one of the biggest points uh, that just sticks out in my mind. I was teaching at a a school here in Omaha and it's, I think it's the largest school in the city. And I was, uh, in my last class of the day and this class is, uh, it was a little bit rowdy. I mean, eighth period is typically, you know, there, and it was right before the weekend. So it was, it was a rowdy class and I'm talking about building healthy relationships and I'm using these boxes as a visual aid and I talk about marriage and, you know, build all the way up to marriage. And then inside the marriage box, I pull out the sex box. And this kid, like, he he was listening. He was probably the most engaged in class, but he was also kind of like, you know, the class clown a little yeah. bit. And so we get to there, and I, I open the box, and he's like, well, wait, are you saying that sex is after marriage? And I was like, yes, that's what I'm saying. And he just kind of, like, he was completely frozen at that thought. And then was like, people do that? (laughs) And I was like, yeah, (laughs) some people do. And he just, it kind of took him out, like, and every other step, he had, like, a real, you know, smart comment to say. And so it was funny. I mean, I love... I love that back and forth with the with the students, but on this one, he just was stuck and was like, "What? Like people actually do that?" And it totally threw him off. And I started to recognize that more and more, like the things that I grew up with uh, that were, you know, kind of handed down uh, mm-hmm. the stuff that oh, you don't do this, you don't do this, all that. We're in a completely different world now. Yeah, um, much less than when I was in high school, and then. Obviously, you know, even just in the last eight years, things have shifted so dramatically. But what is really interesting to me is, like, as culture shifts, mm-hmm. people don't. 
people like we still have the same needs. We have the same uh, like heartfelt, like deep things that we're crying out for. And we, we're looking for relationships. And these relationships look different. Uh, and they may be because, like, you know, culture expects this or culture expects that or they're pushing in this direction. And so we kind of put things on uh, that don't really fit us, but we're trying to fit in. We're trying to find our place. And so we try all of these different things. And yet at the heart of it, like, we haven't actually changed as people. We just have all of these superficial things on the outside that are changing. And I think that's probably where the hurt is coming in, uh, is because we think that if I do this and this and what everybody else around me is doing and what the media is telling me mm-hmm. to do and, uh, you know, what all my friends are doing. What the TV shows are telling oh, us to yeah. do. Oh, yeah, the TV shows, the movies, stuff that they've been watching since they were young kids. Yeah. Uh, that if I just do these things, then I'm going to get the happy ending on the TV show. I'm going to get uh, what my favorite characters are getting, you know, and the stuff that we see in movies and stuff that we see on TV is, is it's on TV for a reason. It's dramatic. It's scripted. It's scripted. It's, it's not real life. It's fake. <laughs> and, uh, they, they get it. Like these kids aren't dumb. Yeah. And that's another thing about this generation is they are extremely uh, intelligent, very sharp kids. Uh, but the social aspect with the tools that we have with social media, with smartphones and all like, I, I didn't grow up with a cell phone. I, I grew up in a day where we were chewing gum in class and we would get told to spit it out or go to the principal. (laughs) And now when I'm speaking with these kids, they're, they don't want to take their headphones off their AirPods and all that. Cause they're like, fine, I'll take one out. Yeah. Like, I've seen that. <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> and the teacher is like, well, what are you going to do? I was like, uh, good grief, man. It's like anarchy. It's the Lord <laughs> of the Flies in high school. But, I mean, these kids, they really are, like, desperate for that structure, desperate for somebody to just tell them straight, like, what's up? And uh, you don't have – I don't try and act hip. Uh, I, I had an advantage when I started, I was, uh, oh gosh, eight years ago, I was 24, 23, 24 when I started. And so, um, I remember they, they used to stop me in the hallways cause they thought that I was a student that hasn't happened for like a couple years. The last time it happened, I was driving out of a school and, uh, out of their parking lot. And I got stopped in the parking lot on my way out by a security guard. And he was like, Hey, uh, that's visitor parking. If you're there again tomorrow, I'm going to have to write you up. I was like, oh, no. I'm I'm not a student. <laughs> and he looks at me and he's like, oh. Take it as a compliment. I'm sorry, sir. I know. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't get upset about it, but I used to get stopped in the hallway all the time. <laughs> like, like, get to class. I'm like, not a kid. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, that was fairly common. And so I had that advantage that at least I looked like I was one of their peers and I was not so removed from the, the lingo and the way that kids talked at that time and stuff. I was only 23. So it was like, yeah, I'm, I'm still kind of there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was, uh, I was young enough at that time where I, they thought I was one of them. And so to have like, oh, this guy is not much older than us and he's, Saying And so I kind of had that easy yeah. in. Uh, and then it was, I don't know, probably about a year or two ago when I, I don't have that anymore. And I full on just embraced the other side. I went in full like dad joke mode. And I'm like, I don't care if you guys think I'm funny because I am funny. I'm stinking hilarious. So that's, that's my line. <laughs> I crack myself up. I mean, it's, and the the thing is, like, on both sides of that spectrum, whether when I was younger or as I'm getting a little bit older now, uh, just a little bit, but uh, the being genuine with the kids and not putting on a front on either side of it. Like, when I was younger, they they used to, like, freak out when I would tell them that I was married and I had two kids and then I had three. They're like, oh, my gosh, how old are you? <laughs> Because uh, I, I had kids that thought I was, like, had just graduated the year before, like, freaking out. Uh, and so 
then like now I go in and I tell them, yeah, I've been married for 11 years, have four kids. And they're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, but it gives them like a very real picture. And I get to tell them like where I came from. And, you know, I, I have a very similar story to a lot of these kids, uh, especially in the inner city schools and mm-hmm. stuff. Like I, I grew up with a lot of the same things, the same difficulties and some even like more so. And even with all of those things kind of stacked against me, I was able to move towards making those healthy choices. And, and I saw the things around me that were falling apart. I saw my family, I saw my neighborhood and uh, all of these, those things that I was like, yeah, I see the bad stuff that I'm surrounded by. Why would I want to do the same things? Yeah. Uh, but there is, there is that uh, just subconscious pressure that people will end up doing the thing that they always said they would never do. Like, I'm never going to be like my parents. I'm never going to get divorced. I'm never going to, you know, be an abusive dad or anything like that. Like, we say those things, and yet statistically, there's so many cyclical patterns. Yeah. And uh, for these kids, they know that. They they know, like, yeah, my mom was like that, and her mom, and my dad, and his dad, and it just goes back all these generations. And so when we're able to go in and give these presentations, and not only do they hear, like, oh, this is what this guy's telling me to do, but then they can see, like, oh, he's actually doing it. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he actually made those choices, and uh, he's living on the other side. And that's always been... Like one of my favorite aspects of going in and speaking is being able to connect on that level with the kids. So, that's so that, good. yeah, that's one thing that I look forward to. Uh, OPS is going back in. I don't know if you heard. Didn't hear that. <laughs> yeah, they are. We'll see uh, if they are allowing speakers. <laughs> but yeah, they are going back in. So good for them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a, a little bit of the, the background of what wholehearted started as and before everything shut down uh, like I said a year and a half ago we were I was having a conversation with my director at the time and we were planning out the next school year just looking at what stuff was going to be like and you know what are things that we want to tweak what are some statistics that we need to go back and update and you know we do that on a fairly regular basis and it came up like, what do you see like in the next year, two years? Like, how do you, how are you seeing things moving? And I was like, well, you know, I feel like we're doing well in the schools, but there are so many other influences in the world. There are so many artists, so many TV shows, so many friends and family that are pushing these kids in an unhealthy direction. And we, we get them for at most like three hours, one hour a day for three days. And they get it and they lock in like by the third day, they are right there, but then they have to go back out into the world and they're surrounded by all this stuff. They get on their phone as soon as they walk out of the class. Some of them don't even turn the phone off when they're in class, (laughs) but uh, they go out and they're just bombarded with all of the junk again. And I was like, I feel like we need to be there. Like, we need to get our message where the kids are actually at. Because we've got them for one hour uh, for three days. But we need to take it a bit further. And so a year and a half ago was when we started talking about this. And and to their credit, my directors, everybody was like, what would it look like? Like, they never shut me down on anything. They were like, yeah. Hmm. What what would you think about? Like, how would that look? What? What would it take for us to do that? How would we get there? Mm -hmm. And so it kind of put it back on me to do like the legwork and, you know, researching and building stuff up for the last year and a half. And we presented it and they, they loved the presentation. They just totally bought in with us and we were able to, to go like all in from the very beginning. And so I was really excited about the response that we got. And that, that just goes to show like there are a lot of people that genuinely care. Yeah. That I mean, we live in such a jaded world uh, where, I mean, people 
now I they used to used to wear shirts like free hugs or whatever. <laughs> they don't do that anymore. I was not one of those people. <laughs> but there's so many so many people that you know they'll walk by you and they'll smile. You may know them, yeah, uh, and you see them every so often. Like, hey, how's it going? But they've already taken three steps away before they finished the question. There's really no intention to you know hear how you're. De- oh, it's really bad. My my dog passed away, and they're like. Can't hear you. You know, Cool. See you later. Yeah. Like, we live in that type of a, a culture. We're just constantly moving. And so we, when we push those things out there and uh, we're, you know, we expect, like, eh, it, people don't really care that much. But in reality, there are a lot of people that do. And, yeah. and thankfully, uh, we were able to, to get that support from a very awesome core group of people that were able to give us what we needed to get started. And, and so that's, that's really cool. Uh, so again, that's a little bit about wholehearted and now we've got the videos up. You can see for yourself, like that's what we do. We're going to do these podcasts. We're going to do interviews with different people. Um, we're going to have, uh, professors. We're going to have, uh, people that are in different fields that can offer their expertise and invite them in onto the podcast where, we can actually, you know, ask some tough questions. And also, uh, you guys can send questions in. So we'll put stuff out uh, in advance when we have our speakers or our, our guests lined up. Uh, we're going to post that online ahead of time. And that we'll say, like, this is so-and-so, and this is their field. And so what questions would you want to ask? And you'll have the opportunity. Like, we'll actually read your questions, and they will have the opportunity to answer and uh, get that direct feedback. So I'm really looking forward to that kind of stuff. And yeah. that's what we want to do on the podcast. That's why we want to have something that's more long form yeah. uh, than just the, the five minute videos. So we've, uh, we've addressed wholehearted. Now let's, uh, let's talk a little bit more about who we are, who Jared and Allie are. And let's start with Allie. I've talked for a long time. Yeah, Jared, take a breather. Uh, yeah. So so, Allie, let us know a little bit about yourself. Um, we we know you're from Nebraska and then, like, two months later moved to Georgia and that whole thing. But who are who's Allie? Let's round you out. <laughs> what about those 16, 18 years in the middle? What happened there? What happened? Um, well, yeah, I'm from Georgia. I I actually, I've been involved in music my whole life. And so I think it's Jared. I am. Yeah. So um, I wore a Fender shirt. I wore a white and black one. Um, I'm hilarious all the time. (laughs) And um, no, I'm a musician. Um, I grew up playing drums. My mom was a drummer, so naturally I had to be too. So I was in the drum line. And then when I went to college, I majored in percussion. And somehow I, I just decided that I would rather do this. Yeah. And actually, she didn't know we were going to do this. Dan and I planned ahead. But one second, I've got a, a surprise. This is great. All right. Jared is Here giving me his Here drum set. So, so Allie is going to give us a little bit of a, a snare drum percussive solo. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> That's a lie. Maybe one day. <laughs> one day we'll have a talent show. <laughs> and Dan was also not in on that. Yeah, that was, Dan's uh, face back there. <laughs> that was me right this second. Yes. Uh, that was pretty funny. <laughs> so, you you were a percussionist. Yes. <laughs> and, and so, huh? I need to move in. I like my space. If Jared uh, would have showered, this would have been better for me. I did. This is post shower, so. Um, I don't. Yeah, that's what I did with my life. <laughs> I've been a musician. So, how did you transition from music? And you went to school for this. I did. So, how did you transition from music percussion to hey, kids, let's talk about sex? <laughs> What's the That's awesome. Midway. Um, you know the when you get a degree in in music, really the only thing you can do is play in a symphony 
or uh, teach. And to be really honest, I hated teaching. <laughs> um, and so I thought, there's really nothing I'm going to be able to do with this. So I actually was also very interested interested in psychology. So I, I switched my major. I only have like a class left until I could get my bachelor's in music. Um, but I majored in psychology. I absolutely loved it. And I, I think there's a big psychological aspect to we're in a series right now talking about the brain and sex. Yeah, yeah. And it's so interesting to me, <laughs> and it's hard data. It's not subjective. Yeah. And so I, I love what we do. Awesome. Yeah, that's one of the things that uh, I, I actually have added into our junior high lessons is just talking about the difference between objective and subjective, uh, particularly in the, in the spectrum of health. Uh, because these kids grow up in a world, and we all do, we live in this world now, where it seems like everything is proje- uh, presented in a subjective manner. Like, ah, you know what? Who am I to tell you that you can't eat 2,000 Twinkies a day? <laughs> you know, so, Or feelings rule the world, and yeah. let's just go off what we oh feel that God. day. Well, we're going to have to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> Stepping on toes, Allie. Yeah, maybe you should actually edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> we won't. Because we're hardcore, but <laughs> we, uh, no, I mean, we do live in this world where there, there are so many things that get pushed over to that side uh, of subjectivity and it's not true. It's not healthy and it's actually very damaging. For instance, uh, I had a, a ninth grade student tell me that his dad was encouraging him to not date which I was like, I'm okay with that. But the reason was, I don't want you to date because I don't want you to get down in high school. You need to get out and just start sowing your seeds. That's what the kid told me, that his dad told him. And this wasn't even like the inner city. This was out in the suburbs. And his dad was telling him, you need to just go start sleeping with girls because you need to find out what you like. You get some practice. You don't want to get locked down. And I was like, oh, my gosh, no. That's really bad advice. Your dad... He's giving you really bad advice. And, I mean, people would be like, well, you you can't say that it's bad advice. You know, some people, maybe it's just better for them to to go out and, you know, try things. And they'll learn through, you know, bad experiences. And then, But the problem is you you can make those choices, yes. But then you have consequences. Yeah. And they don't just disappear. Like, uh you know, I am the consequence of somebody's uh, premarital sexual relations. <laughs> and I not only was it a consequence for my mom, but it's also a consequence for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I had to grow up without a dad. I had to grow up in, you know, poverty and things because we didn't have a, a strong home structure. And so it doesn't just affect this kid. It doesn't just affect you right now in 8th grade, ninth, 10th, 11th grade. It affects your future, and it affects your future family. It affects even the ability, like, maybe one day you find the person that you do really want to spend the rest of your life with, and they have everything that you're looking for, but now you've got all of this baggage. I mean, these kids, they, they call it a body count now. Uh, I've heard that. I've yeah. heard that in the schools, yeah. Yeah, I had a kid ask me just this past year. I was, was in like, that class. Yeah, I remember you that. Were. that was, you were observing that day. And kid is like, how many bodies you got? <laughs> and I was like, one. What? <laughs> how many bodies you got? I was like, bodies? It's like, I'm just going to stab at this one and think that you're asking me how many people I've had sex with. And he's like, yeah, how many bodies you got? <laughs> Oh, geez. Uh, one. And he went, whoa. <laughs> like, the whole class, they lost I it for a that. minute. They were like, no, no, you playing, dude, you playing. I was like, one, my wife, that's it. And they're like, man, that's crazy. I mean, they have no guile whatsoever. I mean, what are they? They're not shy about anything. So. Not really. So, yeah, uh, this is. Man, these kids are weird. <laughs> but I, that, again, that's the stuff that I love. Uh, getting that's not in my notes for the lesson. And by the way, I've only had sex with one person. My buddy count is one. Wait, waited till we were married, and that like that's not in the script. But 
it comes up a lot. It when does. He, and not because, like, I work my way around to it, because a kid will be like, hey, how many people you had sex with? My name is Jared. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we start the day. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, that it, it is a weird thing that we're seeing right now, just the subjectivity and all all that stuff. It's it. There's healthy and there's unhealthy. Mm-hmm. You can't eat two thousand Twinkies and expect that you're not going to have some problems. And you can't start having sex with as many people as you can in eighth or ninth grade and expect that there's not going to be any consequences to that. Exactly. So so yeah, absolutely. That's a that's a huge factor of what we we had to add. That wasn't in our curriculum, but it became something that needed to be addressed. So, and that's another thing that I really appreciate about what we teach is that it does have the flexibility to, to be able to adapt to changing culture, changing climate, but staying fixed in that point. Because like I said before, these things don't change, uh, healthy and unhealthy is not really a subjective conversation. It is objective. And so we, we do get to go into a lot of that. Yeah. That's why I like our data. Yeah. Because we actually have statistics to back up what is healthy and what is not healthy. Yeah. Health is so subjective nowadays. And so that's something that I really appreciate about our message. Yeah. It's a, I mean, you can't argue with fact. Science. I mean, I mean, you can, you can create an argument, but you have to be able to back it up with something. And that's something also like in these classes that is really great is we, we do have opportunity for back and forth. And they can say, oh, I don't like that. I don't think that's how it should be. I'm like, awesome. Great. So what are you basing that off of? What's your alternative solution here? And then not only, like, it's not just about putting a kid on a spot. Like, every once in a while I will put a kid on the spot. But that's when they're intentionally, like, trying to derail things. But there are kids that have genuine questions. There are kids that have never heard anything like this before. And when you first hear, uh, you know, waiting until you're married to have sex, it sounds like just another rule. It sounds like, oh, here we go again, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And so I I get that. I get that it's not going to be readily accepted. Oh, yay. No, 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 right, no thing. (laughs) Like, no. (laughs) Uh, Man, there were so many cheese ball things that we used to That's really great. We should start saying that in classes. No, that's actually something that I left in the past <laughs> that used to be in the, in the curriculum in a no ring no thing Ugh. sorry to bring that sorry to trigger you <laughs> so so what is it uh you're you said the the data the mm-hmm. statistics like would you say that's like the part that you're most passionate about what is, what is the the reason that you connect with our message so strongly I think it's because when I was their age, which now is like 15 years ago, um, we just didn't have that kind of stuff. You were we, like eight, 15 years ago. I'm 29 now. <laughs> but we, like, I remember, vaguely remember our health classes, and it was just the don't have sex. And no reason, just don't. Well, I think our culture has shifted to, um, like, feelings, you know? I've, you know, truth isn't really important anymore. It's just, what do I feel that day? So that's why I am so passionate about it is because we have hard data to back it up. I know I keep saying that, but, um, there's a reason behind it now. Mm-hmm. And, and I really like that. And we're yeah. not saying don't have sex. We're just giving all of the information so they can make the best choice for them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really about delaying gratification, mm-hmm. which in any other realm is not something that we have a real hard time with. Like, I mean, we I train my kids in the same way. Like, hey, uh, later on, you're going to get this thing. I need you to do this right now uh, so that later we can do this. If, you're, if you don't listen right now, if you're like, going off the rails, then we're not going to be able to have that later. And it's something like, it's just part of growing up. You have to learn that. And yet, when it comes to relationships, it's so touchy. Yeah. Like, th- it's like putting any boundaries means that you're just this horrible, like, you know, bigoted or, you know, wretch type of a person. Like, ah, no more. 
I've never even had sex. I don't know. My kids just grew out of the dirt. Like, <laughs> I mean, there's there's just no way to to find that middle ground unless you have, like you said, that really hard, solid data. <laughs> See? Is she... That's my daughter. She's not getting any cookies later <laughs> because she's interrupting the podcast. <laughs> She's going to be our special guest oh, next man. week. Yeah, Kaya. She's Allie's best friend, so. We are. We are best friends. <laughs> so uh, what what do you hope to accomplish out of this? I mean, we're, we're kind of starting something that I have not seen. Um, there's, there's tons of people, like, on basically on the other side of the, the aisle, on the other side of the argument that are pushing junk out. Yeah. And I don't know what their motivation is other than, like, making money. Like, I don't know that people are really sitting back and saying, oh, let's... I mean, there are. Sadly, there are some real creeps out there that are like, let's sexualize children. But uh, there are just a lot of people that are trying to make money, and they're like, hey, sex sells, and they, they want a quick buck, and so they're pushing that junk constantly. But there's not really a whole lot that is at least done well. Yeah. That is giving the this side of things and presenting it with uh with reason, with thought. Uh so so what do you hope to accomplish? Like let's say a year from now and we'll come back to this, 12 months. <laughs> what what do you want to what do you want to see happen with these videos? I want to be a resource. Like you're say we we get an hour maybe three hours for our whole presentation. Mm -hmm. But I want to be like a resource where they can come. Um, I mean, you guys are all on social media and YouTube and stuff like that, where you can ask the weird questions. And I don't think any question is out of bounds by any means. Yeah. yeah. Um, where you can get truth, basically. Um, because there aren't a lot of places like ours that are pushing out truthful data. Mm -hmm. It's all that objective kind of thing. Subjective, think, yeah. Did I get that wrong? I just presented this last week. Probably presented it wrong. Subjective. <sighs> Psychology degree, everyone. <laughs> Major. I know. <laughs> Not embarrassed. Um, subjective. Um, where we're objective and we can give the data and we can give, I think, truth. Because we, we, you do a lot of research yeah on this stuff yeah. hours i think and hours yeah uh what were this last month just for these four or five videos that we've put out in september we're we're talking about at least 20 to 25 hours minimum just for four or five five minute videos yeah uh and and that's something that I've been pushing myself in for the last few years. See, unlike you, I didn't actually go to college for psychology. Uh, I didn't go to college at all. I also didn't go to high school. Uh, I was uh, self-taught through high school and kind of, I mean, because of all the junk growing up, I got my GED and started working right away. And I, I just really, in that time, when I would have been in high school, I started honing in on things that I, I was like, this is something that I can use. This is going to be valuable to me. And I, I have a real hard tick of like, I want to be right, which comes off poorly sometimes because <laughs> I just, you know, I want to be right. Uh, but it's not really like I want to prove everyone else wrong, yeah. which I think is where it can kind of go wrong. But <laughs> go away. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of where things can go off the rail is when it's always, a, I want to prove you wrong. But if you're, if you're genuinely searching for truth, then I think it is a very good thing to want to be right, as long as you're willing to admit when you're wrong yeah, and to adjust your position. And, and so I, I picked that up pretty young, and I carried that into all of my different job paths that I took. And because of that, I, I typically would do really well in the jobs that I would get. And when I started this job, uh, like I said, the thing that I loved about it was the data. The problem is data gets outdated. Yeah. You have to keep updating. Yeah. Pretty, pretty regularly. Things change. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I was, we were doing some statistics and, uh, they were talking about like, you know, the 
marriage ratio and all that stuff, divorce ratio. And I, I went and was like, wow, that's crazy. That's some really good, hard data there. And, well, actually, it was it was the who's having best sex. Have you heard that part of the lesson? Yeah, yeah. actually. <laughs> so the who's having the best sex. And uh, they were like, who, is it divorced people? Is it married people? Is it singles uh, that are like... Uh, you know, one night stands or is it cohabitators? Like who's having the best sex? And there was a study that was done and we found married people having the best sex, the most frequent, most enjoyable, like, Oh wow, that's, that's really encouraging data. And they're like, yeah, we, it's from this uh, time magazine article. Uh, they did a survey. I was like, time magazine, like paper. Yeah, yeah, when was that? <laughs> I looked back at it. I mean, this thing was like from the nineties. Awesome. And I was like, no, <laughs> we can't use that. I get, and I cut it out of my lesson like immediately. I was like, I'm not going to do this section of a lesson from data that's over 20 years old. And I mean, even if it had been 10 years, but at 10 years, the difference between 1990 and 2000 kids. There's no difference. There's so much difference. Massive. Technology I mean, bursted. Yeah. the The millennial generation is just... They are a completely different thing. It's it's been compared to the baby boomers. Yeah. How it like it it completely changed everything moving forward. And so where I was growing up, and we had certain you know expectations, certain goals, and you know this is where you want to be, that kind of stuff. That's all out the window. Mm-hmm. And so for me to use data that is applicable to not even my generation, we're talking about adults from the nineties. So we're talking like my mom's generation yeah. and I'm saying, Hey kids, it can work for you. <laughs> that, that's not good data. No. That's, that's not beneficial to anyone. And so because of that and because of other things, I was just like, we got, I got to go through. And so over the summer break, I just went through our whole lesson and this was six, seven years ago. I went through the whole, well, that was six years ago, went through the whole thing and just found all of those uh, statistics, and I was like, "Is this one still relevant?" Nope, nope, nope. And pretty much, the ones that the ones that were relevant had to be updated um, because new studies had come out and stuff. We had more accurate numbers yeah. uh, for the people we were talking to, and then some of them we just had to drop. It was like this isn't, and some of them weren't even based off of like actual research. It was awesome. some of it was that old timey like, no, you don't have sex, and so. <laughs> Uh, high regard. I have those types of arguments, but, <laughs> but that's what a lot of this stuff was. And I was like, no, I can't present that because I know when I was a kid, I would have shot that to the ground when I'm 16, 17 years old. I'm like, I'm working full time trying to help support my family, my mom, my two younger brothers. I don't have time for your weak arguments. Yeah. Like I want something that is real. And so that that was the the place that I was coming at this from. And so I really just every summer would go back and just redo all of our data. And some of it was stuff that I could keep and I didn't have to like change everything every single year. Uh, but I with where we're at now, I was like, I don't want anything that's over 10 years old uh, unless it is something that is uh, just like universally accepted. Like if, if we're at a point where like the data is so strong here and it was such a long run study, like, okay, this is something that we can stand on and like, we're not going to have to update this for 50 years. That's okay. Which is really only like one or two yeah, what, things. What's an example of that? Oh gosh. Put you um, on the spot. Ah, man, Sorry. three day presentation. What what would be the longest? You know what? I've got my, my notes over here. So our our presentation if it will if my thing will work uh high school three day so the harvard the Harvard study is a good example uh that we we actually put out there uh this was i think finished up in two thousand twelve so it's one of the older studies that I cite however, this study took place over an eighty year period of time. And it was a multi-generational study. 
And so, like, they had the original test group, and then they had the next test group. They had the original professor who eventually handed it off to another professor. But there was this long-running study, and there are still a few, I think, 16 from the original group that started 80 years ago that are still alive, that are still, like, sending their information in. I think it's every two years. And so that's a really excellent thing where it's like, you can't argue with this. And that's the study on, on human happiness, the Harvard study on human happiness. Um, so that's not the actual name of it, but that's what you can Google uh, off the top of my head. I can't remember what it is. But, yeah, it was. A, that's a really good example that is of a, a long-running study that we're going to be able to hang on to this one for a while because nobody is researching for 80 years. But... If you're looking at divorce rates, that's something that changes annually. Yeah. If you're looking at uh, the the teen suicide rate, that's something that changes every single year, and it's going up. And it's very important that we track those trends, and because if I'm using you know something from five years ago, uh, then we're missing. Like I mean, it's jumped. It's jumped since 2017, even, yeah. and spiked. Yeah, and this year, uh, I, I, do, I have no idea what to expect from the numbers of 2020 because of COVID. Yeah, uh, and and this is such an excellent example of how important relationships are, um, because when you're forced into isolation, uh, it it brings stuff out that. You know, you're just wrestling with yourself. A lot of these people that um, have chosen to take their life this year, a lot of those people had pre-existing conditions, but not all of them. And and the scary thing is there's actually uh, a few years ago, about two years ago, I think this study was, it showed that uh, more than half of people that had committed suicide did not have any uh, diagnoses of mental disorders beforehand. So it wasn't like there was this long trend of, you know, they were wrestling, they had bipolar, they had this, and, you know, they were just struggling back and forth. It was somebody that on the outside seemed okay, seemed like everything was normal. Hmm. And then after, you know, some catastrophic event, they take their life. And that's the, that's what is actually the slight majority. It was like 56% were in that category where they didn't have a diagnosed preexisting condition. Now they're obviously in that group. There are going to be some people, uh, and it could be a good number of those people that did have a preexisting condition that were never diagnosed. Uh, but again, there are a lot of, That was uh, Dan's attempt to keep the kids quiet. <laughs> Our studio will be done soon. Yeah, we're almost done. So, <laughs> so uh, they've been really good. And we will have a studio hopefully next month. Next month when we shoot our podcast, hopefully the studio well, probably, will be done. Yeah, we'll be in our studio. That will be really nice. So, uh, yeah, these are, these are really important things that we do need to be able to track on a regular basis and update those things every year because this, I mean, 2020 is an excellent example of, uh, just how important it is to recognize the value of relationships, to prioritize the value of relationships and see like, it's not something that we can push off. It's not something that we can pretend like, Oh, well, you know, I'm just, a loner. I'm just, you know, everybody needs somebody. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I feel like, you know, this is, we've covered a lot today. We, we got to know Allie a little bit better and we didn't get to know you though. No, no, I'm an enigma. I'm a very secretive person. Uh, I'll, I'll give you the, the quick rundown. Uh, we'll wrap things up. So, uh, for me, like I said, I didn't go to high school uh, I, I was even like homeless for a while as a kid and I did have to start working when I was 15 to try to help my family out. And, 
Uh, there are lots of reasons for that. Um, but I definitely am the, the product of all of this bad information, all of the, you know, the, the hippie movement, the free love movement and stuff like that, that was coming out in the sixties and, you know, no consequences. It was really, I don't know if that's how they said it, but that's really what they were kind of promising. Like just go out and have fun. And uh, the sexual revolution and everything would have been like my grandma's generation. And because of that, moving down, it affected my mom. And then my mom, she, you know, had my older brother and then myself uh, when she was 20 and 21 and not married to either of our dads. I have three brothers, all have different dads. And so, like, I I just, I'm very much all, all those things that we talk about that can happen to somebody, all those consequences. I'm, I'm living on the other side of those consequences. That's where I grew up. And so because of that, my perspective on all of this is very much uh, about not just trying to tell kids like, oh, you know, there's options and you can choose what you want. Like, yes, you can. You absolutely can choose what you want to do. But these choices have huge ramifications. And again, it's not just your life. It's not just you and this one person, but it affects every area of your life. And it's going to affect your life for the rest of your life. Even if you don't get pregnant or get somebody pregnant, even if you don't get an STD, uh, there are still consequences that you're going to carry Mm -hmm. and they will affect your future. Even if you're not having sex, even if you're just looking at porn, even if you're just uh, dating around and cheating on people, but you're building patterns, you're building brain patterns, and those will affect the the relationships that you have later. And so that's the, the perspective that I'm carrying in is from growing up in those types of things. And so uh, when I when I came into the this group, I was just like I said, I really loved the data aspect of it. I loved that there is a reason for it. And, uh, so that's why I was really passionate about being able to get out was because of my background. I knew that there were a lot of kids, uh, from the types of situations that I grew up in that had never heard and more importantly, never seen anything like from myself and my wife. I was, I was that rare exception. Like statistically speaking, you follow suit, you just repeat the patterns and repeat the cycles. And I was that rare exception that was like, I see all of the junk in my family history, and I don't want to repeat that. And so I'm going to do everything I can to run as far as I can in the opposite direction. And I just just did that. And so we were shooting in the dark, didn't know what it could look like, what it should be, but just really trying to find a way to, to make something better. And my wife and I, we met when we were in junior high. We were kids. And we've been together now for, gosh, 20 years. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 20 years now. And it's uh, it's been crazy. And then also three of those years, right after I turned uh, 16, no, after I turned 17, uh, her dad was Air Force, and they got transferred and moved out to Hawaii. And so they three of those years were long distance. When she lived in Hawaii, I lived in Nebraska. And this is before smartphones and tablets and all that junk. And so we would write letters. And I, I've i got a box upstairs. Maybe I'll bring them as a prop next you week. You should. That's awesome. I'll bring the box out. And she's got all of the letters that I sent her in a binder. And they're all in order. And some of them are, like, dated and stuff. And then all the ones she sent me are still in the envelopes in a box. And even some of them, like, from before she moved when we were, like, young kids, they're still folded up in those little squares. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Because <laughs> we used to hand notes uh-huh. and stuff. Uh, and so I still have all of these notes and all of this stuff that she sent me. And that was uh, that was not because, you know, we're really special and, oh, we have, uh, you know, really great upbringing and all of that. It was just, like, there's got to be something better. And... I had a few strong points in my life. Like I am, I am a, a Christian. I am, you know, a pastor. I don't get paid for it or anything. But that was something. 
<laughs> yeah, but uh, that that was something like from a young age. I was like, okay, I have my faith, and I have uh, this relationship with my wife, and I want I want to do these things well. Like if I if I don't get the opportunity to do anything else that I want to do, like I want to do these things well, and uh, and so that was a big thing for me. Now, outside of that stuff, I am also a musician, not a good one like Allie. Uh, I play in a rock band, a loud, heavy rock band, and I scream sometimes. And I play rhythm guitar in the band, uh, but I kind of write all the music. And it's really fun because I am easily the worst musician in the band, uh, but I'm the one that writes all the stuff. And then I give it to them, and then they make it better. So that's that's always great for me. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, and that's going pretty well. We're, we're doing all right with that. And sadly, we haven't been able to tour or anything with yeah. COVID. But, uh, but yeah, that's the other aspect of my life and, uh, married four kids and yeah, what I would like to see this do, just like you said, I want this to become a resource. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be online and it's going to be up there until, you know, they ban us or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can't say that like, you know, gosh, we haven't even hit on anything controversial, but it will be eventually. We will. <laughs> But uh, yeah, we're like I want this to be just that one bit of like that ray of hope for those kids that don't have healthy structures, that don't know what it should look like, what it could look like, and they're just following in all of those patterns. Uh, I want it to be something for them. <laughs> Next month we'll be in the studio. <laughs> I want it to be something for them to be able to um, to grab a hold of. And if they get, like, one thing, like, one video, uh, I, I'm definitely somebody who has been impacted by, like, one song. Yeah. And, like, man, you hear this one song, you're like, oh, jeez. Or, like, one book, and you pick it up. And there have been a few times where I read a book, and I look over at my wife, I'm like, this is literally the conversation that we just had last night. Like, I'm talking about... Uh, things that I'm wrestling with. And then I read this book and it's exactly what I had just said. Yeah. And so these videos have the opportunity to be something like that. Like a kid could, if they're going to find our stuff, they're going to be searching for it. Yes, we're not, they are. We're not popular by any means. Uh, so they're going to be typing in like relationship advice or suicide or I'm depressed or breakup or whatever. They're going to be searching for this and we're going to come up. Mm-hmm. And they watch this little five-minute video. They listen to a podcast, and they're like, okay, this this makes a little bit of sense. And if we can get them for that, and we can be there to just kind of shift things mentally for them, to give them a new paradigm, uh, that is my goal. And I don't know, like how long it's going to take for us to get to that point. I don't know like when we're going to reach that one kid, but if it's just one kid or if it's just one adult, I think it's worth it for me then. Yeah. I mean, it's by far, uh, we want to reach a ton of people. That's why we're getting online. But again, it's, it's always going to be about reaching the one. Yeah. So, so that's, that's really my, my objective for all of this. Um, and I think that's a, a good place for us to kind of wrap things up. Um, I feel like we have given an overview of who we are, of what what wholehearted is, and kind of the direction that we're wanting to take things. Uh, so, yeah, if you stayed on for this long, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, and we're going to be putting out a new podcast every month, and uh, we'll put it up on YouTube, Spotify, and all those places. One thing that you can do to really help us out, uh, since this is a brand new thing, is sharing the posts that we put out, uh, particularly the videos that we put out, share those online, share those through social media, tag your friends. And that, that really helps to, to get us out in front of more people. But something that's even better is commenting and asking questions because, you know, we, we can have a one way conversation on those five minute videos where we're just talking at you. But if you're writing a question in there, we can type a response or we could even use it for something that we go into further detail on a five minute video or even a podcast. We yeah. could like really dig into some of those things. Uh, 
And if you don't feel com- comfortable commenting, like on our social media pages, you can send us a message too. Yeah. If you want to. Yeah. And Allie is the one that manages our, our accounts and everything. So don't be afraid. You won't have to like deal with me. You'll, <laughs> you'll get nice Allie. Uh, and we're like, oh, you have no basis for your thoughts. Uh, it won't be me. So, uh, so yeah, thank you guys so much. We really appreciate you uh, jumping in with us from this first uh, podcast episode. It's kind of out there. We're honing in on things, and we're going to continue to grow and get better. Uh, anything else you'd like to add, Allie? I don't think so. I guess our social media handles, I don't know if those yeah. are going to be on there, but we're Ask Wholehearted on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, YouTube, and then our website is AskWholehearted.com. Ask Wholehearted. Uh, real quick, I do want to explain the cleverness of our name real quick uh, because yeah, it's going to get missed. Uh, whole Heart Ed. So Whole Heart, like your whole heart education Ah. so not just for like this or that not just for sex not just whatever the whole heart we're going to discuss all the topics dealing with relationships and it's educational whole heart ed and thank you chuck because that was that was his one of his many (laughs) many contributions (laughs) was our name and our logo so good job chuck Uh, But that is going to wrap us up. Again, thank you guys so much, and we will see you next month. Bye.